What up, all you beautiful people, and welcome back to The Planets Are My Gods with your hosts, Mariah Karina and Arakai Moon. We are going around the zodiac, kind of starting to explore and unpack because there's always much more to unpack, but starting to explore and unpack some of the depth level essential soul dynamics present in each one of the signs. And today we've gotten to Capricorn. And for me, when I really think is what is at the heart of the Capricorn journey, it's so much about being in alignment with reality, being in right relationship to reality, which starts to bring in some of the things that we know Capricorn is about, right? That being able to look at the landscape and say, these are the resources, these are the structures in place, and this is the system, the systems that we can create to move to to move through time and space in order to achieve our goals. Right, and to feed the generations previous, the seven generations before, the seven generations after. And what's so interesting to me about the Capricorn, that cardinal cross, is it's so focused on interpersonal and the individual will and desires and needs and then bringing it to the Capricorn part of it where it's how do we synthesize the individuals and the you know family and the societal needs and then build an empire upon that and then also you bring the sea goat you know the actual what you were saying being in alignment with gravity of being in alignment with reality feels so important to the Capricorn archetype that is in deep service of what are the natural cycles of earth? You know, what is in real, what are those earth rules, you know? And in, when I think of being in alignment with reality, I feel of like the earth the earth rules, the earth empire. And sometimes as humans and our needs for family and our needs and relationships and even our individual needs can um, not be in alignment with those earth needs and with like the earth rules and how the cycles go. We want to like be gods that that hide ourselves from the light of the stars and, and um, build the walls that separate us from the earth. But I feel like that Capricorn true power and wisdom and discernment is creating reality and alignment with the earth and with that human um, awareness around our relationships and our individual needs, right? Yes. Capricorn is cardinal earth. It's yin Saturn. So it's deeply attuned to the material realities of Mm -hmm. earth. It's coming at it from that yin place, which means even more to me in touch with Gaia, in touch with the matrix, the hierarchies, the structures, the limitation of the earthly body herself. And then it's Saturn, the time Lord. And look, Pluto has been in Capricorn for the last somewhere between 10 and 20 years. And the story of the last 20 years has been the realization of the reality of climate change and of climate chaos. It has been the deep need to confront the fact that we live on a planet with limited resources, that it's not Absolutely. Uh, endless progress forever. It's not endless resources forever. No, we are held within the sphere right. of this planet And that the limitation is the law of the land. And I think that's what I mean about right relationship with reality is if you want to create something, if you want to really actualize that cardinal earth, then it means being able to take a long, hard look at what resources you have, how those resources change over time, how the cycles of time influence and change the environment and creating something that actually matches reality. And you know, Capricorn and is it's sustainable. And it's sustainable. Because otherwise the empire that you build will be taken down. And that's I think what Pluto and Capricorn is really showing us. You know, in two thousand and eight when Pluto and Capricorn Pluto moved into Capricorn was when we had one of the largest economic crises of our time, of of my lifetime. And talk about someone creating something that's just a false system. That entire financial institution was just false air and bullshit and things written on pieces of paper that were floating around. And um, I know that Capricorns, the sort of stereotype about them is that they love to climb the corporate ladder. They love to be boss bitches or whatever. And I think that's true because sometimes that Capricorn drive to be the mountain to climb 
to the top or to just sort of look around you and make a shrewd assessment about how you can survive and thrive involves existing within that human system that we've created. But I think more and more we see that that human system is not uh, fully in right relationship with reality itself. And And they may get away with that in the shorter, you know, in the shorter cycle, but in the larger cycle of time, that fallacy and that immaturity, that insustainability of what we have deemed valuable and what we have deemed as um, the empire that we are collectively decided to build, um, it will show the CEOs and, (laughs) and everyone that has put their Capricorn energy and talent and work into um something that will be humbled yeah by the greater totally you can try and rise to a socially upwardly mobile place within the empire but the empire will fall the way many empires have fallen right um but i think just to bring it back to like a personal level is i think as the empire falls actually it becomes more and more important for us to activate our relationship with capricorn Because as, you know, more and more um, those systems are falling apart or degrading or like the narratives that hold up those systems are being revealed for what they are, I think all of us coming into our own individual authority and authorship and alignment with reality is that much more important. Absolutely. Because just like the empire that collectively as a society we have built... um, hasn't is not in right relationship with the earth and the cycles and nature and the creatures on it it's it's also not in right right relationship necessarily with the individual scene in aries with the nuclear family that's floundering for however long it's been a it's been thriving um in that we see in cancer and like with the social tapestry that we find in libra you know we actually need to be able to um support like that empire needs to be able to support the the inner child and the mother and our society hasn't. It needs to be able to support the individual in Aries that our individual will and desire and fire is going towards something that like creates more freedom inside of that individuality for it to actualize itself and find out who it is. But instead, I feel like our Capricorn, our relationship to Capricorn in large part has been hijacked so much by capitalism that it actually doesn't feed the cancer family and the inner child it puts it in a dungeon and and the empire that we end up creating actually keeps it more in a dungeon and we end up getting to where we think that we wanted to be and realizing like holy shit it's gonna all tear down and that's what we see when we have our second Saturn returns a lot of my clients and mostly like Uranus opposition when it's like the things that we've chosen to build inside of our Saturn years are then um, we get to the place where we're having major anxiety and insomnia and people are cheating on their spouses, buying sports cars, <laughs> rebelling because their individual expression and their individual needs are being like not supported by the system that and they're creating. Right? And that's the thing, because when the empire is working, you can outsource your Capricorn to the system. Right. There's a lot of time where if you became a doctor or a lawyer, empire would take care of you. You jump through the hoops, you cross the T's, you dot those I's, and you have, like, you can have it good, especially if you're white, especially if you're male, especially if you're straight, all that kind of shit, right? But I think that's what I mean about reclaiming your Capricorn, because as Empire falls, Empire is not taking care of you. And I think in addition to being hijacked, I think it shows all the places where we outsource our authority, our authorship, our, like, ability for someone to take care of our survival to the system, but even like just just being a highlight to that, like it's important to have our internal and external authorship being, um, you know, supporting what we're really wanting to grow. But I feel like so many people are their internal authorship, that internal thing that they plug their energy into and create is also um, shutting down like their inner child, for instance, or shutting down what their their feminine deeply desires. And so it's like they're marginalizing all these different parts of themselves in order to get what they think they want, right? And I know that's what you're saying also, but I'm just highlighting the part that even if they go against the system, 
Again, the that empire, it's that internal authorship ends up creating something the same if they haven't worked out those pieces, if mm-hmm. they haven't really deconstructed some of those um, pieces that we extract and marginalize our own selves. <laughs> and that's what I feel like right. a lot of people are in is understanding those internal dynamics and understanding where like, oh, right. how much is my self-worth wrapped up in how much I produce, mm-hmm. you know, am I like, how, how do I feel about myself? If I take a day off, do I even know what I want? Right. How am I, how am I supporting my inner artist? I think there's a huge reclamation of that going on. And I do just want to talk about, um, how real the Saturn return is, you know, like even, um, in Waldorf education, Rudolf Steiner created an entire pedagogical system that was based on the cycles of Saturn. Because if you look at the Saturn square, Saturn takes about 29, give or so years to go around. And if you divide that up into about seven years each, there are these huge developmental milestones at all of those seven years at seven years old, um, is when he said people start, uh, learning how to read. It's also when your teeth start falling out. Saturn is your bones. Mm-hmm. At 14 is kind of like when puberty is really at its apex. Right. At 21 is when your prefrontal cortex starts being fully formed. 28, there's like another deep hormonal change that happens. Right. Like Saturn is the structure of our lives in ways that go so far beyond our conscious mind. It's in our bones. It's in our teeth. It's our in our hormones. It is the biological clock that we will all bow down to. (laughs) And I know that Saturn return gets like, you know, like, ooh, the boogeyman is coming, Saturn return. But it was a shock to me when Saturn return happened, just seeing the change. I felt my hormones change. I felt my perception change. And now being at my first Saturn square, I feel a completely different level. And I don't think it's just the fall of empire that we're witnessing. I think it's in my primal in my bone marrow understanding that actually limitation is the law of the land, Mm -hmm. that actually the only resource that matters is your time, your energy and your attention and your attention and your health. Mm. And I think the first Saturn return, I was still sort of acclimating to it. But now that I'm in the first square, I'm just being hit over and over and over again with the need to reclaim my time, my energy, and my attention to really make sure that it is supporting what I want it to. And in your health (laughs) and my health. And it is the hardest thing that I have ever done. Harder than any initiation that I have been a part of thus far. And I've been through some crazy fucking shit in terms of the deep platonic scorpionic realms, but just seeing every little micro way that I give away my time, my energy, how hard it is for me to create containers to actually give time, energy, and attention to what I want is the most humbling thing. And the only way to truly do that, this why I'm so into this cardinal cross, is because the only way to truly do that is to be able to go into our internal Aries, our relationship with the Aries, Cancer, and the Libra, and actually liberate all of our hooks and our conditioning around where we would give away our power inside of those archetypes to then be able to find what it actually looks like to be inside of that power in Capricorn and be able to create from that space and maintain the boundaries required to be able to do it. Say more. What do you mean go into those archetypes to find the books? I do suggest going and listening to every episode that we've had about Aries, Libra, and Cancer to to understand those these different. But the Cardinal Cross to to say it in as um, concise way as I possibly can right now is that Aries is about our individual needs and desires, our internal rhythm, and being in touch with that fire and that spark. Ooh, I want that. Ooh, I don't like that. It's that primal instinct. What is safe? What is not? What I'm here to do? This is when I'm going to do it. That kind of energy and be able to liberate that, right? Get really in touch with that. So many times people are like, but how do you know? You know, and it's because we have so like a lifetime of compromises and social conditions and relationship needs and, um, obligations that, that cover up that, 
that shut down that fire, that cover up those, those internal rhythm and those internal voices that really, um, direct us, that, that give us that compass. Right. And then cancer. You mean like just knowing what we want, having an instinct, having an impulse, wanting to go for something, wanting to try something. Right. That it's hard to even be in touch with that. Know what that is, um, sometimes is a lifelong journey in and of itself. Mm. Right. And, and something you might have to come back to over and over and over again. I can't tell you how many times I've written in my journal, oh, I do know what I want. Astrology, embodiment, dance, psychology, studies, being in touch with the Tao. You know, and then it's like mm-hmm. five years later, the same journal entry. Wait, no, what I really need to refocus my priorities on. Astrology, dance. <laughs> <laughs> I've Like fast forward three years later. Wait. I know. I've gotten so off track. Really, what I care about is, and it's that thing. It's like, it's totally. Like, it just, it's slippery. It's slippery. It's like the fucking trees are just like, just seeing. It just, <laughs> like, it always goes back to the same things. And that's that Aries, though, I think. It's those, those golden seeds that we know that are so core to our nature. And there's a lot of programming that covers that up. There's a lot of um, pathways that we can you know, our ego can conjure up or, uh, you know, like dream up ways to be able to get us to that actualization point. And in the, that journey is the places where we have to really address those, um, conditionings and those programs that would hinder us from being able to be in touch with it. I mean, we have, I've been really geeking out on dopamine lately and I feel like it's the messenger of love and danger. And there's so many places where we get, um, in trouble because I think that we actually as a species have had a really hard time being able to interpret the difference between love and danger and the actual hormonal message, messenger, messen, messages, <laughs> the hormonal messages that, that these neurotransmitters are actually um, revealing to us. And our interpretation of that creates our reactions and therefore our reality, right? Um, but You know, for instance, one example real quick about Aries is that when I started to, I'm ADHD and so I've been spending most of my childhood um, and young adult life being like, pay attention, pay attention. You can, you can pay attention to what they're saying and just trying, like feeling like it was like beating my brain and like draining everything, taking everything in me to just try to pay attention to what these people were saying. And when I realized that I don't get the same need to pay attention to something when I'm actually talking to somebody that is really aligned with my energy, that's really aligned with my path. And I started to permission myself just to walk away, just to make boundaries. Obviously I don't just turn around and walk away all the time, but, um, sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes hey, you know, we got to find our own ways. <laughs> cut, cut and run. Sometimes just turn around, walk away. Also, okay. Just be like, we're permissioning, don't exist. <laughs> we're permissioning areas. Sometimes just turn around and walk away. Right, yeah. you're not a you're not a child in school anymore. You are not like sitting in a desk. Sit you're, down and shut up is not always the way. You're not going to call the principal anymore. You're talking to someone at a party. You're bored. You can just walk away. Yes, or you can make a boundary in whatever way you feel better about it. It's going to be you know it's going to be a journey. Like I said, there's it's a lifelong journey sometimes to get this more freed to get this more rewilded. And that's where I think that Aries actually is supporting this version of Capricorn that I'm developing right now. Because when I get that feeling now, when I'm on a zoom call for an organization and it's going on and on, and I'm getting that feeling of, I just want to shut it down and walk away. That is actually, that instinct is helping me regain my time, energy, attention, and health by creating boundaries, by actually having to cut things off. Right. Because my Whatever that is in me, maybe Gemini or something, I can get excited by so many different shiny objects. And if you really did follow it through, a lot of them have good value for you. It might be beautiful connection. You might make something of service. You know, there is a potential benefit out of engaging in whatever it is that you're going to engage in. However, when my Aries is telling me that the level of work and investment that it's going to take to get there is starting to feel 
draining, draining or something and unsustainable. It's actually areas of supporting my Capricorn. And so often we talk about how, um, you know, it's a square. So there's a lot of painful difficulty, but I'm feeling more and more how they actually harmonize. How actually when I follow my instinct, it is helping me be in right alignment with my own energy body and with everything in my life itself. And it's telling me where those Capricorn containers need to be built around what? Right. And where that Capricorn authorship and authority, because so many times we can judge our Aries and like if our Aries doesn't, if it continues to just fight and need to defend why it wants to just cut and run or, or do whatever it needs to do, right. Then it turns into a toddler yes. and, it, and then it drains energy in that. But if it has a fucking strong Capricorn protecting and de- like, devoted to that cultivation, then it permissions. It doesn't need to then turn into a toddler or to turn into a rebellious teenager. It's like, Ooh, I'm listening to that primal instinct. This is draining. I'm going to make a container for it. I'm going to permission you to not have to be nice to that person and to make a fucking boundary and go for it. And that right there is, it is integral to this journey. Like Mariah and I are on a mission to liberate this Aries specifically to be able to be in that right relationship with our Capricorn and for it to not be hijacked by what's the other thing? The Cancer and Libra, the relational needs, you know? And so much conditioning and programming around those relational needs and how much energy sometimes those things take um, really can actually not be in right relationship to protecting and then cultivating that which the Capricorn is here to create and sustain. Yes. Just to finish up that Aries thing, I love what you're saying because if Capricorn doesn't have Aries' back, if it's judging the Aries as like a just shut up and deal with it. Yeah, you need to do the responsibility. You need to show up. You need to do this work. As opposed to being like, this is actually my authorship coming out. Right. And being like, this Aries impulse is informing the structures that I'm going to create. I can't tell you, I've done this with myself. I've had this with my clients where people are like, I want to know myself better. I want to know my desire nature better. I want to like, I wonder who I am. Who is the self, right? All these sort of existential questions, all these really practical questions about like, can I find the pulse of my desire and let that be, like you were saying, that compass through my life. And yet in all these moments where that impulse comes out, they shush it, right? Like you're in an interaction, which seems nice. Let's say you're at a party, you're at a friend's party, but you don't feel like being there. And it's like, you've, I think there's that desire to suppress it, to pack it down, to put on the happy face, to deal with it. But actually right there was your intuition right there was your desire nature telling you how you really feel. You know, like I, um, I got so upset at my partner about something, Um, It was like I was trying to bring in something and he started questioning the website and the validity of the website that I was bringing in and then went in some big thing. It was trying to be, it was something about Vedic time, right? And then he was like, it was comparing something because in the Vedic tradition, they have this huge way, it's very actually Saturnian, of tracking these major cycles Mm -hmm. of time. And there's a person in the article was trying to say, actually, if you look at the way they track time, it really maps onto the scientific astronomical understanding of time like the Vedas say that the universe was born at this time and hey look that's the same amount of years that the big bang was and then it's going to say oh um like the Vedas see the universe as this big cycle so the flower blooms and it dies and it breathes out and then it breathes back in you know in this ongoing forever cycle and um there was this measurement about scientists believe there was this big bang well we don't know what they believe but the mythos of the day is right there's a big bang and then it's going to curve back around at the edges of space time and there's going to be the great crunch where everything comes back together and then it's going to produce another big bang and the timeline that they had for when that big crunch was going to happen in the vedas was also the same according to this website as it was in science and uh my partner started going off on this thing about how like oh why is science 
the legitimate voice? Why is everything that we're comparing always like, look, science says it, and the person who's writing the website thinks it's like a big gotcha in favor of the Vedas, but actually it's kind of a big gotcha in the favor of science because really we're still appealing to science to give us our legitimacy. And I agreed with his point, but I got so upset by the fact that he cut me off and like went on his rant about something and wasn't interested in what I did. And I think I actually feel safe enough in that relationship and I've done enough personal work to get in touch with myself and liberate my ability to even sense these things that rub me the wrong way that are irritating Mars that, um, that I got really mad. I got really mad at a him and like tried to point out what he was doing and like, look at the way that you cut me off and look at the way at this and that. And he was like, well, I was just trying to, and I was like, I know what you were trying to do, but look at this point structurally, look at what you did, you know? And then finally, because he's like wonderful and also into growing and learning was like, stop being defensive and breathe and listen to what I saw and understood how it made me feel. And we were able to repair relationally, but, um, It was something where in the past, I would have never brought that up. Right. I would have suppressed it to the moon. If I even noticed myself being upset, I would have been like, what are you, fucking crazy bitch? I would have made a million excuses for why he did it, for why it was justified, for why it was more important for him to share his point than it was for me to, um, you know, be listened to first thing in that moment. I would have convinced myself that I should be patient and You'd be more in the Libra and that you'd be more in trying to harmonize and trying to like listen to the other, give them space instead of feeling the actual Aries anger or energy drain or individual actualization opportunity that's then missed. Yes. So and then, more in the cancer of caring for his feelings than in the cancer of feeling my own feelings also. Right. And I just think that thing of like, what am I, a crazy bitch? Is exactly that moment where it would come in and try and shut that down. Right. But actually, like permissioning myself that means we're creating like a structure of communication for the agreement of how our relationship is going to go. And that's where you then are feeding, like letting that Aries feed that Capricorn, you know, listening to that instinct and then being able to actually create the communication structure and the space and the permission that your Capricorn energy can come out. It sounds like, yes. So the Cardinal cross, it's about catching all the hooks, all of the misdirection, all of the, you know, lies and confusion about how we can give ourselves away in precisely the place that's supposed to be about us actualizing that cardinal energy is about building about starting about moving forward about actualizing and so it makes sense to me that all those hooks are in that place because it's everything that's confusing us or stopping us from doing that but then I also think the answers are all in that place right letting my Aries be angry being willing to sever Mars to make my point was also about creating a space for my feelings to exist, Cancer. Right. They're also about renegotiating our relationship, Libra. They were also about right. me being my authority. And Capricorn. what I was Capricorn. Right. And I think that inside of that Capricorn is the elder that allows for that negotiation with these other Aries, Cancer, Libra and aspects between relationship, needs and and self individual actualization to be able to have maturity and discernment totally and detachment because when I was in right relationship to earth because they all, all you know so many times I think that religion and even you know the programs inside of relationships if you're just thinking about yourself we're gonna just be these selfish heathenistic whatever that are just gonna be extracting and taking and doing whatever the fuck we want and we're not gonna feed our like relationships and we're not gonna feed the earth or whatever it is and it's like that Capricorn is there to actually be like no that's the opposite when we're in right relationship with those we have the maturity and discernment to then also or to actually this is the only way really to be in right relationship with that relationship with earth. Right. I feel a little edgy saying this, but I want to, because I think it was actually really meaningful because, um, I was journaling about it afterwards about trying to really understand what let me now be able to actually be upset, feel upset, hold it Mm. in the relationship. Because of course, once I did that, I realized that I've been upset by this 
so many times in my life by people cutting me off, not value what I'm saying, caring more about making their point than mine, which I do too. I interrupt people all the time and talk over people. The instinct is in me too, right? So we're, you know, we're whole beings. I'm also someone's villain. I've done this a lot. But I was just feeling for myself how little I valued my own feeling of hurt Mm. around um, feeling like, yeah, cut off. And, um, and I would think part of it was being in my own authorship. I think part of it was feeling safe, particularly in this relationship. Part of it was knowing myself enough and having done all the things I've done to get in touch with my emotion. But then as I was journaling, part of it, what came out was that, um, I'm actually grateful for the opportunity to be able to kind of struggle with this in relationship, to be in a container with enough commitment in it that it can hold this sort of thing and that I trust that and feel safe in that. But also because in addition to, I think, the value of productively struggling and processing through this, I would rather be single than continue with this dynamic of feeling like I'm with a man who is cutting me off and cares that much more about sharing his opinion and me being that doleful, loving audience than really about making a lot of space and inviting forward what I want to share. Right. I love the example that you're speaking to because you, you, you said multiple times about the safe space and the safe container and the grounded container that you have with your partner and how much that allowed for these other parts of you to be able to like evolve essentially yeah but what you just brought around is also that individual safety and authorship with yourself because when I think about too just the times that I've really felt that I give into my Libra south node conditioning around women specifically um the times that I haven't honored my feelings like I don't I didn't think it was worth it to notice these significant places where my boundaries were being crossed and definitely not cared for. And because I allowed that, I wasn't able to hold space and make the boundaries and make the cuts and, and even create the like oppositional or uncomfortable social dynamics that would occur. And sometimes my life has been threatened as a result of this. And it's taken my life being threatened and it's taken my heart being completely broken for me to actually realize that these like whispers or these huge alarm bells that I viewed as whispers <laughs> um, were so worthy to be listened to. Because I also came to the point of, I'd rather be alone. I'd rather not get along, or I'd rather be single forever, or I'd rather not be inside of that social dynamic, no matter what loss it resulted in. And so I think that deep internal... Capricorn safety and authorship is so valuable to be able to keep us actually safe. As you say, the like empires crashing all around us, (laughs) fucking zombie apocalypse is happening, (laughs) but also the like deep fear of social rejection. Yes. You know, the deep fear that our, you know, we'll be alone and single forever or the deep fear of, of just being in a social dynamic that we might be rejected in that does trigger survival um, alarm bells that trigger survival um, panic Mm -hmm. (laughs) that is actually a hormonal um, physiological response inside of us and so to be able to like be able to have that Capricorn stand up to our physiological responses and know how to um, navigate that and trust that we can navigate it is so crucial because as soon as I felt that as soon as I got to there in my journals of like I'd rather be alone like I want to struggle and or, or like I'm down for the process I'm down for all the learning I'm down to get to the point where I'm not just reactive and trigger right that's not what I'm talking about here I'm talking about really if you're with someone consistently feeling that with someone who's like not willing to work with me right I'd rather be single than be in that it made me realize how new that is actually right about just how much I've uh, given over because I haven't been there. And it is so karmically expensive 
to not be in right relationship with this. Like every single time it, my Libra cells node weaves a really seductive spell that I have believed every time. It seems like it was such a better, more responsible, more mature, more healthy, more spiritual, whatever response to be able to be in the reactions that I was in to placate these patterns to not listen and shut that part of me yeah, down. The reactions you were in being to like handle it in a poised way, right? In poised, harmonious. Think about the other person. Think, think about, about the, the relationship. Them. Think about the whatever, whatever, whatever. Use my and tools. S- use my skills. Manage my own feelings. And doing it so, and that's the karmic thing. And I, I do think it's the karma, drama, trauma trifecta trifecta that happens that is like been burned out of me now because it's like no matter how good I fucking got and I feel like the skills almost made it like worse because I thought that I had such good skills around all these things that if I did it perfectly that somehow that would result in some healthier healthier response right some healthier Mm -hmm. reality but it's like we can't fake reality. There's something about it completely almost killing me to show that the drain is going against, there's something tantric about that, that feels like that giving, receiving tantric energy. If we go against it, no matter what, it's going to actually show in the result. It's like if the seed contains that fractal pattern, the tree is going to fruit that we are going to harvest that fruit that's poisonous. It will hold that karma pattern and it will be fucking expensive. And I think it, as a society, that's what we're, we're learning in this really long cycle. But like that microcosm within my own life and inside of these situations over this last year has like really, really, really shown me that. And two things. I think the first is just what you said, that um, that pattern of if I do it perfectly, then I'll get the desired result was one of the number one belief systems that I had to dismantle and that life dismantled for me Mm -hmm. in terms of overcoming my codependency. Like that to me was the heart of my codependent hook was like, oh, if only I do this, if only I do that, if only I do it perfectly, which in a way is the belief that you have control over your reality. It was like, even if I thought I was doing it all for them, right? It's like, oh, they need me to do this, right? I was date addicts and I'm like, oh, if only I like handled them right, you know, because I'm trying to save them from dying, right? Really, you zoom out and it's like, no, I was doing all that because I was trying to get a certain outcome, which was part of this illusion in terms of my relationship with reality that I had a level of control. right? And that to me is part of that truth about Saturn It's like we all die. We're all mortal. Life is chaotic. Life is not particularly fair. I think that's the primary codependent narrative that's perpetuated really dangerously in new age communities where it's like you create your own reality. And if you do it abundant, there's endless resources. That part. And also like if you get sick, well, what about you manifested that? If something bad happens to you, oh, well, what did you do to cause that? And where I think there's a certain place for taking responsibility, I think that puts way too much power in the hands of the individual overlooking these like huge cycles that we're part of. Like there was just that huge earthquake in Syria and Turkey. Did Syria and Turkey do something to cause that? All those tens of thousands of people who died. Like, And also are- not looking at the human experience and the individual experience of being in right relationship with nature's rules. You know, it's like I can just abundantly create all of these things. And like, even though there's all this relational programming and the human conditioning around what humans desire, it's completely putting out of balance. Yeah. Everything else. Yes. That part for sure. 
And I think there is a way in which, you know, maybe we are creating things. I, you know, process work, the branch of psychology that it looks at does a lot in terms of finding meaning in your body symptoms. And like a lot of times someone has something like a cancer, they can find a way that it's mirroring for potentially sure. a pattern inside oh, of themselves. Sure. I'm not trying to discount that, but I think it's the a level, yes and. exactly. And the level of power that it gives humans is not in right relationship with reality. And the focus on not dismantling, like you're speaking out, dismantling the relational or abundant programming that that isn't actually being in right relationship with nature or with themselves. It's over. A lot of times those things are like, how do I manifest the guy back? Like it's overlooking so many parts where their entire body or, um, internal like feelings and needs and desires are being shut down, not met marginalizing themselves in order to get the desired result of that person loving them and choosing them. Get the desired result of the addict changing and choosing them. Get the desired result of the narcissistic parent or the narcissistic partner or the narcissistic government, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. so much of that is that codependent response of, like, if I do it perfect, then this, like, narcissistic thing will change and suddenly be able to, like, care for me and empathize with me. I was even thinking of making this TikTok that was, like, um, no one gives you a reward for being nice at the end of your life. You know, because like, I was just thinking how much energy I've given to these relationships, to these organizations, to these projects that hasn't in the hopes that it would lead to something beautiful, but it ended up being like maybe like a thousand units of energy for like 10 units of something beautiful. And that's part of this Capricorn analysis that I'm in right now, right? Is like, what's the actual exchange here? And um, is it really feeding what I want it to be? But anyway, and I was like, right. And just how much of my energy has gone relationally to being nice? Like, oh, like I have a family member who lives near me. Like, how much am I going to host them? And I was like, yeah, like they're not giving rewards at the end of your life for being nice. Like all that fucking energy expended for being nice and for what? But then I remembered, you know, who does purport to give out promises for being nice at the end of your life is religion, right? That's what heaven is. It's like, be a good person, give your energy here or there and you'll be rewarded. That's what capitalism is. That's what even like men, that's what men the patriarchy, period. Men, period. <laughs> the patriarchy, like smile, be nice, make me feel good. Be the role that makes me feel good and you will get rewarded. And then we will like down and, and like call you a man hater or, you know, marginalize the different parts of you that don't step into that role that then don't make somebody feel safe, that then don't get rewarded, you know? So that's what we're doing. We are reclaiming our Capricorn energy. We are like building containers that are actually in right alignment with ourselves and with the earth And in doing this, I just feel more and more like limitation is the law of the land. Like you said, there are seasons, there are cycles, there are limited resources and within and without and being like conservation is necessary. And, um, more and more what I'm finding is that within those limitations, they actually allow for tremendous creativity I think for so much before my Saturn return, I thought in order to be creative, I needed limitlessness. In order to do something creative, I needed weeks and weeks. I needed a beautiful place to do it in. I needed all of the art supplies. I needed um, no job whatsoever. But actually, that hasn't been necessarily what produces the most fruitful creativity for me. In fact, when I was trying to do a writing practice and I was trying to set aside whole weekend retreats and whole days, it was really hard during that day to sit down and actually write and focus. But when I give myself 10 minutes a day to write, I write that whole 10 minutes. And if I want to keep going, I keep going. Hmm. Like I actually think limitations force creative solutions and actually having like more of a structure around things does counterintuitively often produce greater cardinal actualization right it's even the cardinal actualization that it's pointing to i think that capricorn is the executive system function mm. of our brain Ooh, same it's word. creating the boundaries the structure the relationship to time 
I'm ADHD, so my executive system function of my brain doesn't work or works very differently. Uniquely. It works very uniquely. Um, Exquisitely. And there's some, you know, experience inside of ADHD that's like the fear of time or just like the time does not exist. And it's like finding a way to actually create boundaries or work within that time is the only way that we can get things done. Totally. God bless every deadline I've ever had because I have delivered. Yeah. Thanks to the deadline. It gives a channel, a funnel for that energy and that attention and that presence, whatever that, that goal is to like fuel, move down that funnel and actually create something to actualize something. And, um, and given too much structure or the structure that is not supportive of that funnel or of that intention stifles it, ruins the trance, ruins the magic. So it is finding that balance to find the constriction, find the boundaries and the structure that actually support the magic, that actually support the intentional, the intention of creativity, the intention of the relationship or whatever it is. It's finding that right relationship with it and having the internal authorship, the internal wisdom and discernment that has done its work to shred and dismantle so many of the things that might cover up that wisdom and discernment <laughs> and permission itself to be able to create that. I'm always telling people, like, if you're going to jump off the boat, like, you better build your own boat, <laughs> you know, Have build your own functional boat <laughs> so that you don't then just feel victimized to the life raft or the, like, shark pit that you just jumped into, <laughs> You better have the authorship to learn how to communicate with those sharks. <laughs> that's, some, that's some real authorship right there. Right. It it is, like, if I'm writing a book, that's the book I want to be writing. It is It is dom energy, Capricorn. I'm just going to say, I'm going to say it. That. It is dom energy. It is daddy or boss bitch energy. Or grandmother energy. And that doesn't mean that it does not have the capacity to attune and empathize. It means it has the wisdom to be able to attune and empathize and then make good boundaries around that and be in right relationship with reality, as you so perfectly said. So in keeping with time limitations, we're about to close out here. Last thought? My last thought are two things. Um, I think just to just to throw in the pot of Capricorn is that it is an earth sign and that it does have its own yumminess. I, I think when I really feel into my Capricorn, there is this absolute enjoyment of the finer things in life. Like it's kind of come to that third earth sign. I think like really fine art, like just there's a really mature and developed aesthetic appreciation that I feel in Capricorn. And then the other thing is we're saying Dom, Daddy, Boss Bitch, I feel all those things. I also think there is, like you were saying before, true eldership inside of Capricorn and that there is like just this deep, sober, honest way of looking at things Mm -hmm. that is both, that has all the both ands, right? That is loving and compassionate is also really harsh and anything can happen. And, um that it's about being able to deal with what happens from that sober place that feels like such deep uh, elder, especially grandmother, being that feminine Saturn energy to me. And um, as we traverse these chaotic times and as I come to this part of my life where I'm really trying to build containers, I am grateful more and more and have a deeper um, reverence for that sober perspective that's looking at things as they are that is able to conserve that is thinking in these larger structures of time at the same time that it's thinking about really noticing what energy is happening in the moment and I say this to you beautiful Capricorn that I worship you I love you and I welcome you deeper and deeper more into my life and I praise you more and more as you move through the universe. My Mars is in Capricorn and my, I feel the need to just speak to a prayer and an intention and give compassion to my Mars, my masculine for the masterful journey 
that he is on, that he seeks to be on, that is that Dom daddy energy, that is also finding the dance between responsibility and duty and being in that dance of also humbling oneself to stay inside of its own feelings, to be really in touch with its own needs and desires and like deep, sensitive, vulnerable needs and also dismantle codependence inside of that, you know, to really take the responsibility to discern and be an authorship and to hold that responsibility within and for other people and create those containers, create those experiences, be watchful so that we are tracking and showing up for the, for the depth of what we're opening for people. And then also being able to really be able to stay in our, our own hearts through that journey and allow ourselves to be humbled and, and just educated in a compassionate way around the places where um, codependence can have us take on too much responsibility that takes us out of our heart, that takes us out of our um, pleasure even. Um, yeah. That to me feels really important. That that boundary, that ability to have boundaries and also that ability to truly empathize while maintaining that deep desire to protect the empire, to protect the realms that we are in such deep service of. Feels so necessary. And I feel like I'm in deep devotion to that Capricorn massive black dragon that is my god and has fully shown me my <laughs> my places where I leak my energy and um yeah it makes me feel like this deep reverence feeling to that desire to be in right relationship with reality and to protect it protect it like you were saying to sustain requires protection yeah and it really does feel like he's like protect the magic and you're giving I was like opening so much just to give to think that I was like actually in protection of the magic to think that I was like trying to show people where that magic and that love can conquer all you know and actually being able to make the right constrictions feels so in service to my Dantian, to that deep relationship, to my core power. Yes, it is capable of endless amounts of energy. And it leaks, drains, and gets shut down when it's not in right relationship. Yeah, and, and Capricorn journey. Capricorn's the winter time. It's the kidneys. It is our deep store of yin energy. And I uh I think it can be cultivated, but maybe it's not infinite. And that medicine and power of constriction feels like the, the distillation for me of what the moon in Capricorn has taught me, Mariah has taught me over and over and over, and this black dragon, obsidian dragon that lives in the middle of the earth that protects the volcanoes and the deep core energy of the earth. And it's like that right there feels like the nugget that they keep reminding me of is like constriction is in service. It is powerful. Yes. So this is what we're reminding ourselves of. And maybe this is a good reminder for all of you out there too. We love you so much. We love you Capricorn. We love you black obsidian dragons. We love you kidneys. And we'll see you next week.